This is Make Yourself at Home, BizNow's podcast where we examine how the pandemic has shifted the way we live and what that means for real estate. I'm Miriam Hall. I'm BizNow's New York reporter. The return to the office, when it will happen, if it will happen, and how it will look when and if it does, has become a major issue for much of the industry as the outlook on the health crisis has begun to improve. Our Atlanta reporter, Jared Shank, this week wrote about how some companies are wanting to bring their workers back and how they are doing that with both a carrot and a stick approach. He spoke to me about just how much the future of remote work has become the biggest issue right now for landlords and workplaces. It has certainly been the conversation that I have had with all my sources, even if it's not about that topic. It always it comes down to that when you get called, well, what do you think? Uh, will be the return to work and what do you think it's going to be like and what are you hearing are the constant questions I get even if I'm working on a story that has nothing to do with them in the office. Really like everyone wants to know what you think about whether or not people should be back that's something they're all thinking about whether or not they should. uh, Yeah what we're hearing what their companies are talking about Uh, you know you get a lot of personal opinions you have some people who have very powerfully believe uh, and come down on one side or the other about whether Uh, productivity equates to coming into the office for some reason, or if there is some tangible reason we employees need to be in an office environment, at least some of the time, everybody has their own beliefs and their own feelings about it. And and I think they just want to get that out. And we're, we're a pretty good medium for that. So you've been looking at how different companies are actually viewing this. You're down in Atlanta. What's the situation in that region in terms of how, how much people have returned to the workplace? So in Atlanta, it's still a slow drip back. It's more so here. Um, And again, this is something I discovered in my reporting. Uh, There was a company that was tracking um, card swipes. They they do entrance uh, monitoring buildings. And based on their data, you could find a very regional take on how many people are back in the office. So in Atlanta, like a lot of the Sun Belt, we were around the 30 to 40% range. Uh, which is higher than in places of Northeast California, which are still in low teens, people coming back. Obviously, we, we don't know for sure, but anecdotally from what you heard and your conversations, what's driving that? Well, some of it is, um, you know, the companies open sooner. So they're wanting, you know, and, and inviting their employees back. Right now, we talked about, you know, carrot and a stick approach by companies. And right now, it's mostly been carrot approaches by companies, soft glove approaches to get people back to work. Come back if you want. The office is here. You're welcome to come back. Um, it hasn't been a slew of you must be back by then, although that is starting. Uh, one major company, I can't name because I had a very private conversation, one major corporation here in Atlanta demanded their all their employees for the um, headquarters to be back this coming month, which might be one of the first I heard to be that firm about needing to come back. The uh, a lot of the brokerage firms we talk to, you know, it's people are still coming on a, in a you know, part time in, which that seems to be the norm. No one's coming necessarily five days a week, but they are coming into the office. Zone. So that company that said, and I know you can't name them because it was private yeah. conversation, but the company that said come back in, did they say why they're pushing people to come back? The, in my conversation, I didn't get, I didn't get that answer as to why they felt compelled to do this. Now it was more about this person's you know gee this is gonna you know it does create a competitive disadvantage to them because you know a lot of people are using this hybrid work model work part-time as a way to recruit talent 
Um, so this person expressed some surprise about that, but uh, that they would be that, you know, that kind of hard stop on this. But they're like, they're in my reporting, there was a company in Seattle that even said, look, your employee employees in the headquarters need to report back by a certain date or you're taking a pay cut. So there is some of this very hard stance by upper management taking place now to get people back to the office. I can imagine an office landlord listening to this thinking, thinking, yeah, great. That's what we want. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I know. And I think, I think for a commercial office landlords, there's, there's, they're still very much mired in an existential crisis. You know, <laughs> no one knows how this is going to play out more in a longer term about office demand and office space usage. Uh, we'll, we'll probably find out more what the long-term impact's going to be once we have significant rollover you know, next year and the year after. That'll probably determine how things are. But, uh, you know, right now with landlords, the debate of, you know, what is this going to mean for, you know, space usage, for space design, uh, you know, you have, you've heard it just as much as I have, where some landlords are hearing tenants are, you know, okay, they may have flex office, uh, flexible space usage or people coming in on a flex schedule, but they'll probably still need the same amount of space because they're no longer going to be as dense as they were going into the pandemic. You know, you hear about more spacing out of people between desks, even though hopefully by, you know, even though maybe that is less of importance anymore, but they're still doing that. And that, you know, so that could be a net net doesn't mean a gain or a loss on space needs either way, I guess. I guess none of this will be sorted out until we truly know how people best do their work. And how it's all just going to come back to productivity and it's all going to come back to how well does the business run, depending on what they they what kind of arrangements they put in place. Uh, you're right. And our and our coworker Mike, a uh, reporter in England, did a great story about this thing, about this very issue, because there are lots of studies out there, as we all know, talking about productivity in office, but you can find a study to match your preconceived notions of what that answer is going to be. And one among the conversations I've had with people is there is a generational gulf to an extent on this idea of productivity and hybrid work. There are older executives who really cannot conceive that there could be full productivity in their workforce if they're only showing up three days a week. It's, it's just inconceivable to them that that's possible. Anecdotally, there's another group. I, I, so I can, can't say who it is, but it's a law firm. I was talking to one of the partners recently, and they were having this internal debate about, all right, how do we create a flex schedule policy for our attorneys? And it was very much that some of the senior partners just, how, how is this possible that we could be productive but not showing up five days a week? And the younger partner was like, well, look, we have the data to show we were productive during this time. In fact, they've even more so. And Again, back to that competitive advantage, you'll lose attorneys if you ride this hard line and say everybody has to be here five days a week. Ultimately, they came up with a, with a flexible office schedule program for their company, but there is definitely a division when it comes to, I think, your age and experience in the workforce as to whether you really believe that this is, you know, that productivity can be handled at the house and, you know, while working at home versus showing up at an office. And a lot of those partners at those law firms, I mean, they would have graduated law school, what, in the 70s? Um, they sure. Decades of experience of the workplace being a certain way and yep. really not changing that much, exactly. even with the advent of, you know, in email and, 
and everything else. Yeah, the as these yeah, it's true. As these law firms lost their giant libraries because everything can be put on a computer, you know, they're still stuck in certain ways of how they saw things done. And and you know, there's another side to this too, and we've heard this as well. You you hear this from that's we had a conversation I had a conversation with a good friend as a broker. And the question was asked, and it's interesting, if your young son or daughter is entering the work world now, what would you, you know, and they had the option to work three days a week, would you recommend that they follow that? Would you tell them that maybe you, you need to show up five days a week? And he's right. I probably would tell my son, no, you need to, you need to show like you're doing the extra effort. You need to go in the office every day. I think you'll stand out more that way to executives who are probably there. Um, you know, and, you know, for a lot of, you know, people in, in their senior portion of the career, particularly in the sales, professional services, you, you don't have to show up at the office every day. You can do just, you can do your work probably just as well from home. Where I think it becomes complicated is for those who are kind of in the ascendancy of their career, the middle of their career, who have families, particularly young children. As you know, school and childcare is a major complicating factor in the return to work and has been all year. Um, how do you as a parent show up to the office if you can't get childcare for your, your son or daughter or your children uh, because there's already a limiting number of childcare availability and, and labor right now in childcare. Plus, you know, schools are hybrid at home working. So someone has to be home, right? Um, this has been a complicating factor in people getting back to the office. They may actually want to go back to the office, but you just can't on good conscience, leave your child home alone for eight, 12 hours. The big news out of New York City this week was that from, from the fall, remote schooling is going away entirely and it's going to be all in-person learning, which is in contrast to LA, which is the second biggest schooling system in the country. They're, I think, still keeping their remote options available. So in New York, if you're in, if you're in the New York City school system, you're back, at, you're back in in-person learning. And there are a lot of people who, in the office leasing world who are very, very happy about that. And I think that may be a bigger factor in some cases uh, to getting people back to the office than, you know, uh, some of the other, you know, factors. I, there, is a, there is a sense among some, and, and I even quoted a, a, a landlord who, you know, believes that you know, if you're not coming in the office because you have because you have safety concerns, they question the, the genuineness of that belief now at this point in time. Like, you know, are you can you really be that concerned anymore, knowing all the protocols that are in place? You know, most people are going shopping or going out to dinner now. You're probably just using this as an excuse to not go into the office. There is that belief out there, too. Which goes into the fact that why do they need that, that excuse? It's because they believe that their workplace doesn't think they're productive when they're not sitting at their desk. That's why right. people are kind of using it as an excuse. It's because they believe they need one. Yeah. And some people would argue, you don't need an excuse. If you're being productive at home, stay home. Miriam, you and I can both speak for productivity at home. That's where we work. <laughs> it, it is possible. And there's a lot of other questions, I think, that this will, that, that will, we'll see happen over time I, I still think that the bean counters and companies are going to take advantage of this moving forward uh flexible work schedule i mean just a way to cut costs on their real estate footprint um i i think the future for the back office environment is is really is going to be a question i think call centers specifically um 
could be negatively impacted when you think about, I can't tell you how many times I called my credit card company and I'm talking to somebody and I hear dogs barking in the background or kids playing in the background. And someone at Visa who's their, you know, their call center person is working from home and probably happy to do it. Yeah, they say it's probably less sort of going to be an impact for the big gleaming headquarters in New York City and more for the back office in some other sort of second tier market. The other question you've got to ask about this is if you are a company and you do decide, all right, look, it's it's a competitive advantage, so I'll have a flexible schedule. You don't have to come in every day. You know, we come in some of the days in the week. It does cut down on commuting time. Expense for commuting, um, and as long as you're as productive as you know, as long as productivity maintains, you know, we'll stick with this. But it, there is, I think, going to be more of an issue raising up of how do you plan for that as a company? Because if you left people to their own advices, as someone you know said, the office is going to be really busy Tuesday to Thursday and a ghost town on Monday and Fridays. You know, is that? effective is that product you know does that is that conducive to productivity or do you want to spread that out so you kind of have an even amount of people show up to the office monday through friday yeah and then it sort of opens up all these equity issues like why am i always on the friday schedule when i want to be remote on the friday why does such and such get the friday remote if the workplace is figuring it out yeah the the friday off may be the new corner office <laughs> Friday work from home is the new corner office. I, I was talking to someone the other day who said, what's happened is through the pandemic, obviously employers have always had the upper hand over employees. That's kind of how it's set up. Then the pandemic happened and all of a sudden, most decision-making was based around employees. Are we going to, when this crisis subsides, as people believe we're on the cusp of it ending, are we going to go back to a bottom down, like, workers mattering employees mattering and them driving uh, decisions or is it going to be back yeah, yeah. you were hitting you're hitting a topic near and dear to my heart mm. um i remember asking this question oh it might have been 10 years ago at one of biznow's events where you say from coming out of the great recession you know this is when we first started hearing in our business about companies using office space as a means of attracting and retaining talent. That's when this really first started kicking up. And at the time, you know, listening to, oh, you know, you have the free snacks in the lunchroom. You were just hearing about kind of like getting rid of cubicles. There's no cubicles left. We just kind of have people sitting around. And, you know, we do this because, you know, we want to find these employees. We want to keep the young people. We don't want them jumping around. I never asking at time. I go, does this attitude survive the next recession? I mean, at what point, I come from a generation, and again, this is another generation. I come from a generation where I've been programmed, even by my, my parents, that gee, just be thankful you have a job, right? And, and I've never been trained to be any sort of squeaky wheel in the workplace for that reason. Um, so all this catering and this idea of the talent war to me is alien. I mean, it's real and companies are making multi-million dollar bets in their real estate on that. But like you say, how long does that really last? 
you know, at what point does the power shift back to upper management where it's like, just be thankful you have a job because we're about to lay off X number of people. And, you know, all, you know, I think when maybe it'll be interesting to see if the hybrid flex schedule survives the next recession where people all of a sudden are like, wow, I'm hearing rumor my company's going to cut 20% of the workforce. I'm going to show up every day, just try to ensure that I'm not part of that 20%. Someone said to me this week, I was speaking to a broker and um, she was saying that she, while she does believe in that hybrid is going to be a big thing going forward, she doesn't think that after this past experience where companies have really had a lot of culture sort of disappear a bit, whether or not um, they're just going to let people stay home, they're going to want to try and bring people back and lift motivation, lift company morale, kind of drive forward. And the only way to really do that is, is at an office. Yeah, the culture aspect is a concern, and you do hear that a lot. You have the infamous incident where the um, executive of the Washingtonian made those kind of veiled threats in the Post uh, opinion piece against her employees about turning them to contract employees because of this idea that as an employee, it's more than just doing your stated work. You also are contributing to a culture of a company. And while there was a lot of backlash to that, I do think that is particularly with exec and executives, kind of a prevailing thought. You know, there's more to working at my company than just you doing what you're supposed to do. You know, it's the training, the onboarding of young employees. It's this creating a key cohesive culture where you, you hope you can retain people. You know, if someone's working from home most of the time and they don't feel uh, a sense of loyalty to a company, that could lead to maybe higher increases of turnover. And that is very, you know, turnover is a very disruptive aspect to a company's bottom line. Having to refine people, retrain people, um, does impact, you know, study show it does impact bottom line. The question is, though, is, is there going to be a whole cottage industry of creating co culture remotely? I mean, you just told me you haven't been into an office for like 10 years. Oh, no, yeah, you're right. I have not been in an office in a decade. I joke that Typically, uh, I'm either working from home or I have my, quote, co-working office, which is this little cafe by my house. Um, that's that's kind of how I work. Or, or I'll go into the city and work at a Starbucks. Well, when, when Starbucks allowed you to work in their locations, they're still only doing takeout in a lot of places. Um, but, yeah, that, those are my offices, and it's worked for me, largely. But then again, I mean, it depends on the type of work that you do. I mean, it is. And I will admit, you know, I'm, I'm a journalist. I've been a career journalist. And, and I'll admit there are times that I miss a newsroom environment. I miss that there, there's an energy to being in a newsroom that if you've never been in it, it you, you won't know. You won't know what you're missing. If you've ever been in a newsroom where there are people on the phones all around you all the time, there's TVs on all over the place, every news channel you can think of. When something happens, you can just feel the energy lift around you. Uh, I miss that. I do miss that environment. I don't miss that kind of collective anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. Yeah, that resulted in everybody getting beers at the end of the day. It's just relaxed. I know. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I mean, that's what people say. That work is one thing, but there's a huge amount of ancillary parts of work that do not fit into the workplace, but are connected to the workplace aka after work drinks at the yep. local watering hole or whatever yep, that's true 
That's true. And we have tried it. You, you and I can attest. We've tried the after work drinks over Zoom, and it's really not the same. Other than more cost effective for us, certainly. <laughs> but, but it's not the same thing as sitting at a bar with you know with your coworkers and and talking. You've been writing about real estate for a long time. How long do you think this is going to take to really to to settle down? I mean, I spoke to a lot of people this week because of I was reporting on the end of uh, Zoom school of, in the fall and what that might mean for the city and for the for the offices in the city. And someone said the rest of this year is going to be really setting the groundwork. It's like the trial period for like how this is going to look. We're getting reacclimated, and then 2022 is when the rubber hits the road. What do you think? Are we going to know pretty soon after this sort of crisis ends how things are going to look, or is it going to take a, a bit longer? I that is a good question, and I don't know if I have a clear answer. I still, in my gut, feel it. I step back and say yes. What we went through last year was easily a recession, but the recession last year. It was because of the pandemic, and it was a blue-collar recession. Uh, you have not heard of many losses in the white-collar job sphere, which, of course, are the office-using groups. I think that the recessions in general have a way of bringing things back to kind of a, of, of a, of a balance. Um, you know, that they're, they're painful, but they they reshuffle the place. So I. They reshuffle the way uh, companies operate. They reshuffle the way, you know, and people are acclimated to working. So I don't know if, how it'll look, but I think coming out of whatever the next recession is, as long as it has an impact into the office job market in some way, uh, then we'll see if, con you know, coming out of the new normal at that point, if, you know, if hybrid survives, how that looks, you know, how you know the hub and smoke argument spoke argument on office are you going to see more suburban satellites so people don't have to commute on? i don't know the answer to that question yet uh, it's hard for me to predict there's so many variables jared i really appreciate you making time oh thank you jared shank is our atlanta reporter you can read more of his work at biznow.com i'm miriam hall thanks for listening